Welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast for another episode with Roscoe, me, your host, and Rocket, my good man, all the way over there in Adelaide again. He's back on the road. Rocket, how are you, son? You all right? You well? I'm fantastic, Roscoe. I'm fantastic. Yes, back in the city of churches. Been a while since I've been uh, on the road. The new job has me traversing uh, the southern part of Australia. Well, the new job's kept us apart for a few weeks now, Rocket. So we've got a little bit of catching up to do tonight. And I guess it's just a a chance for us to reconnect, Rocket, bring the listeners back into uh, your post-rollback event win. I know you've still been basking a little bit of glory Picked up a few extra followers on the Twitter sphere at Infosec Rocket. If you want to follow the Rocket Man, yeah, no, I think it was pretty well received. The last episode where we went out with the lead story, Matty Mollica did come back to me and say the lead story, the uh, rollback event. He was very happy with that. So, well done, well done again on your on your on your win. So, mate, what's well, been? Sorry, go on. Well, the other thing as well. So, remember I talked about the uh, rollback event, and um, I said I wasn't sure if they made this deliberate or not, and it was a twelve-hole event. Matty did reach out to me and say, you're the only person that picked that up. So it was actually deliberate. Yeah, no, it was definitely a deliberate 12-hole event because part of uh, part of what they're trying to charter or, you know, the movement is about is is shorter golf, more convenient golf, quicker golf, you know, and as you said, the tw- the first ever open was um, at Presswick. Was, was, that, was that not over 12 holes? Is that right? Did, did you point that out? Royal Presswick. So he, he couldn't believe I was the only person. He said he was, very, he was quietly impressed that I picked it up and I was able to recount a little bit of history. So I think I got some street cred with uh, Mr. Rollback himself. <laughs> well, I can't wait for the uh, the brainwaves to get together. The time when you and Manny Mollica can sit down in a room and uh, and just get all of that knowledge out there. That that, it, that will happen one day. Uh, Manny has said he, he, he will uh, come on board and, and jump on the podcast one day. And you know, I guess you can lead that rocket. But Get uh, your lithium ooh, batteries ready. There's going to be a lot of electricity <laughs> in the air, that's for sure. We'll be able to... We'll be able to charge and run a city, I reckon. Oh, dear. The self-flagellation that's going to go that day. No, that was very good. <laughs> so, mate, it's been a while since we've caught up on some of the tour news, and you are the tour guy. That is your key role. Without going too far back, there's probably a couple of things that you have picked up along the way, little hidden gems, little bits of uh, gold that you like to bring to people. Where would you like to start with uh, such gold, Rocket Man? The, the young man who didn't have a lot of confidence in himself, but I was on this young man nice and early as a few of the young guys, and that's uh, Victor Hovland winning his first tour event, the Puerto Rico Open. The Puerto Rico Open. Fantastic sort of final round for the young man and very exciting to see him get his first win under the belt. He was quite public about you know celebrating that, and even to the point of knowing that he uh, had a bit of a hangover the next day, which was fantastic for the young man. Again, that little sort of trio. Actually, there's a, there's a fourth person who's um, joining that crew, but we'll talk about him maybe a bit later. Um, but definitely the trio of uh, Molik, uh, Morikawa, you know, Matty Wolf, and Victor Hovland, who were essentially the three top players in world amateur golf, turning pro all at the same time. All three have produced victories within the first 10 or 12 tour events that they've played. So, you know, the great thing about that victory, I think it might get Victor into the Masters. I'm not 100% sure. I'll have to double check. So it would be good to see uh, the young guys teeing it up in the Masters, which is only five weeks away. 
Yeah, well, I guess this signifies the rundown to the Masters, and you are the Masters King Rocket. Uh, you will, uh, well, you'll be, you'll be bringing Masters content as if you're almost there. Such as your prowess. We we might have to have another live Masters uh, in studio podcast over at uh, the Big Swing uh, facility with the uh, simulators in the background again, and and, and record it. Do another YouTube. Oh, I think we'll have to. Oh, okay, I can. I'll talk to the owner. I, I know him pretty well. So, um, <laughs> but back to Victor Victor Hobland. Yeah, all credit to you, sir. You did. I can't remember what episode it was, but you've been calling him out as a star of the future for a long time now. And you know, as you've pointed out along that journey, he was the last one uh, to get that victory. And you know, he. He probably hasn't uh, surprised you in getting that sooner rather than later, but he certainly uh, did get it the other day at Puerto Rico. It was good. It was good. Uh, good little win for the young man. Gordon, good, good player. Good player. Oh, he's got. He's just got a really good all-round game. He has a really, a really sound mind. We'll call it good head on his shoulders, and all three of them, all three of them uh, are in that mold. You know, they'll have different peaks and troughs. In their career, you know, probably say Morikawa was probably more consistent, has been more consistent, and he's probably going to be the more consistent out of the three. Matty Wolf is going to be a bit more sporadic. He also has tuned through a few caddies at the same time, so I think he's just trying to get used to tour life. And Victor's probably just toiled away, had to toil away a little bit longer. It's just going to be really interesting watching the trajectory of these three players and their careers. And there's been some really good videos that have been posted on social channels around, you know, some of the things that Victor does in terms of his regime for fitness and strength and flexibility training and the like. And if there's one thing I can say about all three of those players, they're not, you know, they can hit it long. The ultimate two things is all three of them are really good ball strikers. They're just really good ball strikers and they're really solid with the putter. And it was interesting that Victor talked to Beaven about his short game and he actually openly admitted that he thinks he sucks at his short game and he needs to work on it. It's, it's quite it's quite refreshing to hear young players actually be quite open about you know what they think their deficiencies are and it's showing acknowledgement, vulnerability. Maybe sometimes you might see some golfers and they might want to have almost like selective amnesia on things and trying to tell themselves they're better at something than they actually are. But at the same time, they do that and they might not actually work on it, where Victor goes, I don't know what I need to work on. And he's probably just going to work on it and, and get better at it. And we'll see that play out as his performances the rest of this year and you know the next three or four years. It's just good to see these young guys coming out because it's just good to see good, fresh talent that comes straight out of college golf and stuff like that. And they make a dent. They make a dent on the on the golf scene. It's it's awesome. I love it. Maybe he listens to the My Love of Golf podcast and he's heard me acknowledge my deficiencies in short game uh, prowess, uh, Rocket, and he's taken the lead there. Maybe not. Don't think so. Okay. Hey, well, oh, maybe maybe he's a bit of yeah. You, know, you never know. Maybe we have to introduce him to a bit of mental mastery. Absolutely. Well, it's helping me, and we'll talk about that uh, briefly in a, in, a, in a bit. But but just finally on Victor Hovland, what I liked about him and. It was the way that he closed out that tournament, and it wasn't a you know a shut the door close out. He had to nail a putt on the last. It was a good thirty footer to win. Otherwise, it was a tied if he missed that putt. Correct? I'm pretty sure. Yep. And uh, yep. it, just, it was just Drano. Like so he hit it in the the long grass, and then had to had to pitch it up, and just and just drained it for the win. That was great. That was uh, it was really really. And, and the video footage of his reaction 
after he'd sunk it, it wasn't so much the the putt that he'd hold, but him standing on the side, and there's some there's someone did some really good to capture the clips, and they were sort of honing in on him, where his playing partners were still finishing out, and I think it was sinking in that he'd won his first tournament, and you could see him like the facial expressions, and you could see probably the emotions going through his head, where it's like bloody hell, I've just won my first event, and he's like, you could see the it's like it's just bubbling out. He just you can see him almost like he wants to start jumping around and just, you know, celebrating and it was just it's just really good to see. It was very good. Then over on the other side of the uh well not the other side of the world, uh just down a bit well, from the other there. side of the continent. Other side of the continent, exactly right. You had the WGC Mexico. This had your fan club all over it, Rocket. This was the thumb in uh P three. The f- the, f- the thumb. <laughs> The fake phys- the fraudulent physicist in fraudulent P- physicist in P two yep. and and what what are we going with this week for P one for P Reed Sam just sand bucket sand bucket just calling sand bucket sand bucket or someone called him pat it down Reed that's that's quite good I think that's one of Matty Mollica's it was really good pat it down Reed yeah so the WGC Doral Ryder Open because that's what it used to be before Donald Trump bought Doral had it renovated by Gil Hansen to move the event well don't even have to explain why. Yeah, so pat it down, Reed at the uh, Doral Open. I think it was wasn't. Oh, I can't remember because I was actually watching the Puerto Rico Open more than the because uh, we couldn't watch the WGC because it's not on television; it's on golf TV. I think um, wasn't Justin Thomas leading going into the final round, and he sort of gassed it a wee bit. I thought he was leading. Yeah, he had plus two on the last day to finish minus, yeah. minus thirteen, so it wasn't his finest hour. Yeah. And then we have our man Sandbucket coming from behind for a victory. I don't know. I think this time last year that WGC event, I really didn't give two hoots about. You know, it was actually more about who didn't play than who did play. More important. More importantly for me, coming out of that event, I remembered or was reminded that uh, you are one of the many, I assume many, uh, blocked from the P Reed official Twitter account. Do you think that? <laughs> do you think that the amount of people blocked? On P. Reed's official Twitter, official Twitter account is more than followers these days. Do you think that's ever going to be a possibility that he's just going to keep blocking people that call him out for being, let's call it out, a cheat? Um, do you think he just keeps blocking all these people? Well, yes, there is the uh, P. Reed Golf um, Twitter account. I actually don't think it's been controlled by P. Reed. I think it's been controlled by J. Reed, Justine. Um, yes, I have been blocked. I have the uh, the uh, honour to be one of the recipients. Um, I think it was related to either me calling him sand buckets or... <laughs> that could be construed um, many ways. That, that, it could know, be. That not... uh, or it might have been even in relation to P. Reed's brother-in-law or Justine's brother deciding to punch a fan because he just has tissue-thin skin. So it was either one of those. Do you, um, think, do you think Peter Costas is blocked? I don't know. I did listen to that. That was that's probably one hour of some of the best best interview I've heard in probably twelve months. Not did, just on what he talked about Patrick Reed, but just purely just golf and golf telecast in general. Did we talk about that last week or uh, last episode or not? No, no. no. I don't well, think so, so just remind everyone if they want to go and listen to what you're referring to because uh, it's always good to share, and, uh, and we'll share good information from any podcast that comes your way, Rocket. So, what are you talking about? Uh, so. Solly from No Laying Up got an interview with Peter Costas, which they've been trying to get for a while. 
it was bombshell stuff. Peter Costas didn't even flinch when he's just saying Patrick Reed has cheated. I've seen him more than once pat down and improve his lie at tournaments where he's hit it in the rough and all of a sudden where it, it should be a chop out and all of a sudden he's going to the green, picking out clubs and pretending <clears throat> to pretending to be undecided about clubs, basically putting it down behind the ball, but creating enough, uh, we'll call it downward pressure on the uh, the blades of grass to then be able to get um, a longer club onto the ball. You know, and the one that uh, is the more public one, which is the one where it's basically buried in the rough. He's got out three different clubs and put it behind the ball. And the next thing you know, he's taking a three-wood to it. And uh, Peter Costas is saying, um, Gary McCord saying, um, Peter, he's going with a three-wood. What do you see down there? And his response was, this is not the lie that he started with. Yep. I'd heard that story. Uh, Luke Elfie told me that story and uh, a while ago. And... Um it's undeniable. It's out there and it's on, it's on record. So there you go. Yep. But you're blocked, uh, Rocket. I am. I we're, am. But, but yes. I've, been keeping, I've been keeping an eye on Patrick's defenders, like his wife. So what's your theory Who, on this? What's your theory on this, my good man? She has a burner account. So for those that aren't involved as deeply as you are in the world of Twitter, and, and I am one of those not as deeply involved in the world of Twitter, but gauging on the amount of time that my uh, smartwatch uh, buzzes and it says Infosec Rocket has tweeted again, you are very <laughs> you are you are supremely entrenched in the world of Twitter. Um, what is a burner account, Rocket? Uh, essentially, a person creating a account with no attribution to their name, and they're using it to either defend or disparage a particular person or persons. So they're hiding behind the ability of anonymizing themselves on a social media channel to do either of the following, defend or disparage. And um, one of the guys from, uh, I think it's 4Play Golf, had made comment about this, saying he saw this one account, which seems to be very, we call it 99% pro Patrick Reed and defending Patrick Reed. He did a bit of research himself and noticed that and he'd also been one of those critics of Patrick Reed on the podcast that um, those guys do, that Patrick Reed golf account and this burner account started following him at the same time in December. Well, when this, account, this account was created in December of 2019, around about the time when someone decided to shovel sand. Well, any, anyone that knows anything about social media, and I'm not entrenched in the Twitter world, but you've got two accounts and they follow you, if it's a bang-bang follow, it's usually the same person, yeah? Yeah, so uh, at usegolffacts is the burner account. I've um, I've already replied to some messages. I might be blocked from that one. <laughs> don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they won't block me because, I don't know, they might take joy in seeing if they can wind me up or something. I don't know. Oh, that's not hard. Not funny. So what is it again? At usegolffacts. Golf facts. Use golf facts. It's very funny. Everyone, go and, go and look it up and have a look at some of the stuff in there. It's just, it is fantastic. It's it's essentially like watching Brandel Chambly talk about why um, equipment shouldn't be rolled back. Well, is that, uh, do we need to talk about the uh, Puerto Rico anymore? Can we move on to the Honda Classic uh, more recent? Well, more Sorry, go the, on. The, the only last thing about Mexico, aka yes. the Doral Open, yes. is that. Post-win, Bryson, a.k.a. the fraudulent physicist, took it upon himself to go up to Patrick and give him a fist bump. 
And then whenever when he was asked about why he did that, seemed to buddy up with him. He goes, I kind of know what Patrick's going through. Kind of both misunderstood, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Do you know what I put it down to? Do you know? Do you know what it made me think about? You know how I talked about the WWE and how the PGA Tour is a bit like about these storylines and they get hung up on certain things and it's it's all about just the show and glitz and it's not really about any substance and stories. Bryson and Patrick Reed, for any of the wrestling nuts out there, they remind me of the Rougeau brothers from the eighties. The uh, the brothers that were Canadian from Quebec. And they came into the WWF back then as baby faces, aka good dudes. And the fans never liked them. They just they just weren't gelling with the fans. And they thought that they would turn these dudes, the Rougeau brothers, into the fabulous Rougeau brothers and turn them heel, meaning turn them into bad guys. And that didn't go over well either. So they're kind of those guys that are like these two twins that no one likes, and it doesn't matter whether they're good or bad, just they're not liked, and that's just what they are. I'm going to call Bryson and the, the fraudulent physicist. Hopefully, they make the Ryder Cup team, and whoever the Ryder Cup captain is can put the Rougeau brothers together. <laughs> oh Webb Simpson will lose his bunny, and uh, he'll get paired with Bryson DeChambeau. Well, strange enough, the, uh, the Zurich Classic, which is that famous teams event, which uh, they've got walkout music, Patrick Reed is playing. And he's paired with the boy from Bronislava. Oh, really? Rory Sabatini. Yes. Rory Sabatini. Rory Sabatini. Like, what? What is? What is the golf world? Oh, what? What music are they going to come out to? Actually, I'll think about that, and I will post something tonight. I will post something tonight. I'll find it on Spotify, and I will post it. Just remind everyone. Find, remind everyone what Rory Sabatini's uh, current mojo is. He's the uh, South African. Yes. Who renounced his country and married a um, Slovakian. Slovenian, different. Someone from the someone from the Baltics. No, Slovenian, um, Slovakia, former yeah. Czech, Czech, Czech Republic. Now Czech, so Slovenia, country that was part of the USSR. Um, so now he is uh, a resident of Slovenia or Slovakia, whichever, whatever pronunciation. So yes, this is not a so joke. I think not he, a geography he might be able to represent Slovenia in the Olympics. Yeah, well, he's, he's growing the game. He's uh, growing the game in the Eastern uh, Bloc countries, uh, so that's what he's yeah. doing. Yeah, good. He's doing a good thing. He's doing a good thing. So uh, Patrick Reed moves to uh, number nine on the world uh, golf rankings, and the person still not top five. Still not top five. Uh, Victor Hovland has moved up to about sixty something. I think I remember seeing there. Victor Hovland sixty one. And uh, before we get on to the New Zealand Open, but, okay, let's go to the let's go let's go to the NZ Open. But uh, our boy Lucas Herbert moves into sixty six after his P two at the. Oh, if he won, he would have moved into the uh, top sixty four to get a start in the Dell. Um, yeah, at the Dell, and it could have put him in a position for the Masters and potentially the US Open. But there's a few more events to knock, all, knock over. Yeah, there is. So I think uh, I think Lucas's next uh, ambition is to maybe try and uh, hopefully um, secure that spot in the Dell, and uh, and we'll see. But, uh, yeah, it took a great round by uh, Brad Kennedy to, to knock him off. I don't think Lucas's A game was on was on board on over the weekend, but, uh, you know, Brad Just Ken- contending, right? The yeah. fact that he's up the top and contending, Correct. and if he just keeps doing that. Exactly. Uh, iron sharpens iron. That's exactly right. So that was, uh, I believe, his take out of that, and it was a, you know, a good, a good performance. But Brad Kennedy, uh, the Japan Tour 
uh, wizard. What a round. He was like a robot in that last round from the little parts that I saw. Did you see any of it? No. No. Okay. You couldn't. I wish I could have watched any of it, but I can tell you, Saturday for me, I was like an Uber driver. If I showed you the list of um, pickups and drop-offs I had to do from 9 o'clock in the morning till 12.30 that night, You'd be horrified. Well, on to more prescient matters regarding your weekend, did you get a lawn mow in, Rocket? Did I get a lawn mow on the Husqvarna? Yeah, absolutely. I got that in. Okay. (laughs) There's a lot of things I could miss out on, but I can tell you what, every week I'm going to get a mow in. (laughs) And um, it's it's looking good. It's looking good, although there's a lot of things I still have talked about doing and I haven't done yet. So, um, but I'm trying to maintain a very healthy lawn at the moment. So Sunday, it got a nice cut. So it's, it's looking good. It's looking good. I'm looking here at the leaderboard of the Oman Open that was played on the weekend. What do you know about Valamaki? Sami Valamaki. Nothing. Currently sitting 18th in the European Tour Order of Merit. Don't know much about him. No. I didn't know. Look, well, I didn't get to see. I, I watched a little bit of that because it was on in my um, sleep deprivation resetting uh, period that I like to, you know, in the midnight <laughs> hours. And I did note Jorge Campillo uh, back on tour. And whoever the Irish guy is that's uh, doing the walk walk on commentary, which I do really like. I do really like the, the whole oh, interviews. I know the one. I know the one you're talking about. He's actually quite good. Well, he's very good. But Jorge had just flown back in on the Tuesday night from the WGC in Mexico, which anyone who's involved in any level of golf, let alone whether they're my love of golf podcast listener or not, knew that Jorge and Campillo played in Mexico. And he went with, did you stay in region after the last event, Jorge, or did you go home? He said, no, I just come back from Mexico. Oh, jeepers, weepers. Anyway, he went on to say, which made me nearly throw my you know, rolled up socks at the TV, that last time you interviewed me, I went on to win because he interviewed him in India last year. He said, last time, yeah. you in, last time you interviewed me, I go to win. And I'm like, Jorge, last time you played with me, you went on to win, not last time you go. <laughs> but I'm going, I'm going somewhere with this line, Rocket, because I've got a new, I have a new played with Roscoe and then subsequently adorned the top position person. Yes, I do. Another one. Another one who I've taken out on the course shown the ways, and then they've gone on to excel in their chosen field. And I'm talking about the current leader of the World Superbike Championship, Alex Lowe's. I hosted Alex and his uh, good man, uh, Dave Dave Rocky Ryan. I've hosted the guys down at uh, Peninsula Kingswood as they were on their way down to Phillip Island for the opening round of the World Superbike Series. You know, Rocket, that motorcycles were my former passion. I haven't ridden for a long time, but it was my life for a good 10 years and I would have been down there at Phillip Island, you know, organising stuff and doing all that sort of hoo-ha back in the day. Well, given the chance to host uh, one of Kawasaki's lead riders, off we went, had a game of golf, recorded a little podcast after it, which I was very uh, kind enough, um, they were very kind enough to give me their time. Really good chat, just a little bit of motorbikes, a little bit of golf. It was only half an hour or so. It's on there if you want to go back and listen to it, if you haven't already. If you have, thank you. Alex Lowe's first time on the new Kawasaki goes down to Phillip Island in the first race, finishes second in an absolute thriller diller, and then goes out in the second race on the following day and and wins the thing. Finishes first overall, up on the the podium, two big trophies, turns back up at Keysborough Golf Club the next day for another 
round of golf before he heads off to Oman, where he's playing in the Pro Am this week for the um, the uh, Qatar Masters. Not Oman. He went to. He's on the he's Roscoe the, Special Source has no boundaries. It I'm, has no I'm, boundaries. I'm, I didn't. I didn't want to get onto the Special Source thing, but I'm going to give myself a little bit of a. Oh, you have to. So you have to. So. The Special Source. There is something in that Special Source, and it doesn't matter what sport. It's, it's real. It so, exists. Mm. Hashtag so, special source. <laughs> so uh, anyway, congratulations to Alex Lowe's. What a fine young man. So he was down there for a game of golf. Just a great guy. Loves his golf. Callaway look after him. Travis Matthew look after him. Dave Rocky Ryan follows the world. Former Commonwealth champion boxer just looking after him, making sure that his security's right, making sure that all his press commitments are right, his leathers Hang are on. right. So he's a motorbike rider. Yep. Callaway look after him. Yep. And I'm a golf lover. Who talk talk about golf all the time? Mm. And what do I get? It was a Friday. It was a Friday. Top flights. It was a Friday. Oh. It was a work day rocket. Oh, look, Taylor made haven't come to the party. So Callaway, I'm open. I'm open. <laughs> anyway, that was why that was why I sort of choked back at the Jorge thing to lead into the Alex Lies. Congrats to Alex Lies. So yeah, mate, he um, really he really needs to know where his bread's buttered. That's for sure. <laughs> so we don't know too much more about uh, Sami Velamaki at the. Uh, Aman Open, but we've got the Qatar Masters this week. Uh, another well-named Emirati city, the Education City Golf Course. What do you know about the Education City over there in uh, Qatar? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. The golf in the Middle East doesn't interest me. Call it a moral thing. Oh, 100%, mate. And another reason why the European Tour need to have a good hard look at themselves. Oh, look, a lot of tours can have their compromises and stuff like that, but I don't know. Oh, um, no, it's not the forum to get on my little soapbox. Yeah, fair I'll enough. Just, I'll just leave it at that. We can talk about the fourth, the fourth person as part of the young, the young um, trio. Well, let's come back to that. Who? What? Okay. What's? Uh, what's this weekend? We've got the um, got the Robert Robert Gomez Invitational. Why? Why? <laughs> A hashtag rocket name. So you're, you're getting you're getting these names, and I'm calling them hashtags from now, so people can follow it if they at all want to. What, why the Robert, Gar- Robert Gomez? Well, so there's a few things. So first of all, he's 51. He's been given a special um, invitation into the field as a former champion, yet uh, Rod the Pamps Pampling has been denied a, a spot as a former champion. Robert Gomez is the one that famous, famously hold the seven iron from the middle of the fairway to beat the Shark by a shot in 1990. And then two weeks later, at the what used to be the Zurich Classic as a normal tour event, David Frost hold a bunker shot to beat the Shark uh, by shot. So Robert Gomez, Bay, Bay Hill Invitational, Arnie's, Arnie's Tournament. Let's just call it the Robert Gomez Invitational. There you go. We, we missed the Honda Classic. We missed the Honda Classic. Oh, the Honda Civic Classic. The Honda Civic Classic. Hashtag rocket names. <laughs> Sun, you're, one of your favourites, Sanjay M. Sanjay M. What the pl- other young fella. What a player. joined the other trio. For, uh, rookie of the year last year, couple shots back behind Tommy, the hair Fleetwood, and he chased him down, chased him down, and was playing some stellar golf and showing nerves of steel and attacking pins, attacking pins. And uh, his playing partner, who finished second, there's a really funny footage where I think it was the 17th hole, which the pin was cut back right, and he's just hit it straight at it, straight at the flag. It's like he's a shot back, 
and he's just gone straight at the flag over the water with like a five or a six iron for a 210-yard hole. And you, you can see it walking off the tee and his playing partner has made the sign almost like the sh- he's signaling to the shot, you know, you've got a big pair of brass balls, essentially. And, and it's just funny seeing the footage of like your playing partner who you're competing against going head-to-head, acknowledging that this young fella is just like a killer absolute killer he looks he looks like just the most innocent looking kid but we saw what what he was what he produced during the president's cup and we saw well for me i know i saw what he was doing over the course of the year um on the u.s tour and i'm not surprised he won this is just going to be the start of also his career as another one of those young fellas and the beauty is that he's going to be part of you know presidents many presidents cups to come and another um, fantastic product out of South Korea, and he's just got a—he's got an amazing smooth swing, and he's just a beauty to watch. He's an absolute beauty. So, I was really happy to see him win. And then another note on the Honda Civic Classic was young Cam Davis finished tied for eighth. Yeah. So he's—he's he's had a couple of really good finishes. So his first year back on tour after uh, I think he was on the. KFC tour last year, PGA tour the year before, bit up and down, but he's starting to to find his game, I think. So it's good to see the young uh, former Australian Open champion finding his feet on the US tour, and he's still only 24. So bright light city for Cam Davis, but yes, Sung J M. Another, you know, we'll put him in the bucket of four of the young players, Honda Civic Classic. Mate, well, you um, can have your young guys, but. I'm always going to have an eye for the older fellas, especially ones from the, the Northern Hemisphere in the European lands. Well, and they, fe- they fell away. Both of them fell away in the last day with uh, Westy shooting even and uh, Lukey. Oh, he can't win now. He's got to win at the Masters. He's building up to the Masters. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that was a good performance. Like he, he is playing some good golf and he's competing, competing and he just looks like he's having fun, which uh, which is what I'm enjoying watching Westy well, for. Well, he, he, where he finished, he putted the eyes out of it that week. His ball striking was terrible. And normally... Tita Green, he yeah. is like the, one of the top five to ten players, but he was very average, and it was one of those weeks where his putter was like it was on fire. So maybe that's a good thing. It's like, how do you, is he balancing things out? Because he's playing in the Masters. Mm. Everyone all aboard Westy Island for the for Augusta. Get up, get on board, doot, doot. and uh, <laughs> and Luke Donald. That was good to see Luke Donald on the front pages there for. A, for a wee while, he fell away at the end with plus two on the last day. But, yeah, it was good to see young Lukey up there. I love it. He's just a good dude. Yeah. He's just a good dude. So, uh, okay, let's uh, – what have we got this weekend? What's your what's your forecast for the uh, – I'll call it the Arnold Palmer. I'll stick with the uh, the real name. Uh, what do you see happening there, mate? Reasonable uh, reasonable field? Reason- yeah, it's a good field. Yeah. Um, Tiger's not playing because obviously he's back. And I think it's just the, the tournaments that leading up to the Masters. I think he's just trying to – Maybe send well, might be interesting. Could be the weather as well, right? If the weather's a little bit on the chilly side, he's definitely gonna go. Yeah, not gonna play. Um, so let's have a look at this. Where's the field? VJ Singh. VJ Singh's in talking about the old boys. VJ. VJ, <laughs> the fittest man. He's the fittest old man going around. Yeah, <laughs> he's just a hard worker. Got to commend it. Got to commend the man. He's just a hard worker. Um, my boy, my boy, Podrig. Podrig's on board. Yep. So the ones that I, the ones that I follow, the ones that I follow 
So we've got the young guys in there. Max Homer's back after a break, so it'll be interesting to see if he can reproduce some of his form. J-Day. Coulter's in. Coulter's in. Love it. Mac G-Mac's in. Love it. Yeah, it's good. Actually, do you know what? There's another young fella that um, I'm loving these young guys. There's uh, another one that I'll be interested to see how he plays. Um, Scotty Scheffler. So he's playing. He's had a couple of weeks off. Um, just a refresh. Oh, the leash. The leash is playing. Mickelson, Zachy Blair, the billboard. The billboard's playing this week as well. Oh, even I don't know who the billboard is now. I'm, I'm following these. Uh, the billboard is um, Ricky. <laughs> Rico, Rico Fowler. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky to alive. And oh how, many, how many how many hours a week is he spending uh, making advertisements? So I think someone worked it out over the course of a year in terms of days with sponsors and doing ads and filming stuff. Is he spends thirty days? Like Ricky, that's cut, a lot of time. Cut back the extra work on the endorsements and just play golf, buddy. Just get out there and chip and putt and drive the ball and. Uh, you don't need any more from Cobra Puma. TaylorMade, you've got the best balls, all that sort of stuff. Just play golf, buddy. Easy, well, it's like, easy like, for us to say. Look, I know I, I take the P155 out of him a lot, and I have actually been quite open and said, I don't think he'll ever win a major because the things that he does, look, and this is the thing, if, if he's comfortable doing that, I'm all for it. Okay. And, and maybe I'm putting expectation on a player that because I don't know him and what motivates him, me looking on the outside, looking in, look, he's not the best at all the facets of the game. He's not the best at any of them, or he's not top five. But he can put it all together, and he's a fan favourite, right? And he's a fan favourite because he's giving of his time. He's always smiling. He's a really good person. Um, you know, you, you can still only have to see that he's front and centre when it comes to, you know, he's still wearing Luke the Dark you know, because he was a close friend of, of Jared Lyle and he does these great things. And then this week, it almost like drives me nuts. Like there's, he's, he's wearing like an, an Arnold Palmer inspired kit for the week. And he's doing all this work and promotional down celebrating Arnold Palmer. And I'm like, Ricky, I get it. And I understand why you're doing it. You know, he's being him and Everyone knows he's probably the nicest guy on tour, but he's spending so many mental petrol tickets thinking about doing the right thing and trying to celebrate other people and being, in a way, selfless to his own detriment. Yeah. Like, I know in my job that there are days when I kind of hit the end of the day and I, I can't talk to anyone. I don't want to talk to anyone because I'm cooked because my mental tickets have been spent all day and you need time to re-energize. Same thing goes with golf. There's a lot of thing goes into playing at that high level and competing. It's, it can be very taxing, but he's already thinking about all these other things before he even thinks about playing golf. If, if he wants to continue doing that, that's fine. But I would, there'd be nothing better, especially for a lot of those young fans that wear the, the orange Puma gear and they've got the Ricky flat bills. With their caps, um, which I do know that you like to uh, style with the uh, flat bill cap there, Roscoe. So, you know, maybe you're a closet Ricky fan. Um, I'm a Ricky but, fan. Oh. I'm a massive Ricky fan. I, I, I love the kid. I, I think he's a great golfer. I just, um, you know, I share the frustration I would love that for him, all Ricky fans. I would love for him to just, I don't know, maybe just give it two years. When he's, he's 30, about to turn 31, he's recently got married. So, obviously, he's enjoying a lot of that. Like, mate, just, just. If you just, I don't know, just take two years and give it just everything. Just mm. throw everything at it and see what happens. Yep. Because oh, there'd be nothing better than seeing him lift a major trophy 
it would be one for the good guys. It would be such a jolt in the arm for a lot of those kids that follow him. And it might inspire another generation and another generation that also can be giving and stuff like that and leave a legacy. Cause he's already leaving a legacy now as he is, but Brooks, Brooks Kepka still said it best. He said, you know, what are people talk when you're a top golfer? What are you judged on majors? What's your legacy majors? What am I, what am I focused on winning majors? Like, just give it a shot, Ricky. Like, please, just give it a shot. Yep. Oh, sorry. No, it was, a great, no it, was a good, it was a great point because, you know, the point that I think uh, resonated, the, you know, the mental petrol tickets, it must – obviously it's there's work involved and he's doing the right work and he's trying to please – you can see that he's trying to please a lot of people. No one's going to hold it against him if he just I, becomes a little bit selfish. No one. No one. I don't know. Look, if you do want, if you do want to see any of the uh, – the Puma scripting that he is wearing at the Arnold Palmer Invitation. You can see that at any drummer golf store, by the way. But uh, it, is, it is in stores now and available. And, uh, yeah, it's good gear. <laughs> I'll even wear their gear. Um, <laughs> uh, who else in the field? Rory. Rory's in the field. Who's your tip, Rocket? We'll, we'll keep we'll keep chortling on. Who is your tip? When you arm, I'm going to have to edit that out, all right? Did I arm? Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's a good field. Bayhill's a tough one. Because it can it can spit out some some unique sort of winners. Do you know what? I reckon the collapse last week might inspire the hair. So I'm going to go with with Tommy Fleetwood. I'm going with Matt Wolf. Ooh, ooh. I'm, I like the uh, the young guns. So I'm going to stick with Matt Wolf. I, I reckon he'll be good. I don't know why. Alrighty. There you go, Tommy the hair Fleetwood and uh, Matt Wolf. That's our predictions. We'll see how we go. Okay, Matt. So uh, anything else? Anything else that we've got there? Um, no, you know, the other, only other things, you know, you've had NBC announced that they're going to move all the team from Orlando that do the golf channel to Connecticut, to Bristol and Connecticut. Exciting. Like fair dinkum. What the, is that the dump? Like, oh. I've never been there, but, uh, I haven't really seen or read too much positivity around the move to Connecticut. Like you've got the golf, the place where most of the tour players live, which is Florida. There's a heap that are in Orlando. So that means they can get them in to interview them really easily. And you're going to move the production team and everyone that does that. And all these people that have moved and built their life around like working the golf channel in one of the golf meccas to Bristol, Connecticut. It's, Talk about this is the ro- this is the rollback TV, like Connecticut, golf in Connecticut was part of the Gilded Age, like the Vanderbilts, um, and the Rothschilds. They were building courses up there for their holiday homes. Like this is 2020, not 1920 or 1820. It's 2020, Florida golf mecca. Why are you moving it to Bristol, Connecticut? Cold, very cold. Oh. It never ceases to amaze me that. Because we don't get it out here, so sometimes it can slip your field of view. It's a sign that how big the game is in that part of the world that there is a whole channel dedicated to golf. A whole... Started by Arnold Palmer himself. Yep, the golf channel. The whole organisation. It's not just like Fox and they do a golf show. It's a whole day, massive production. If you see some of the videos that, you know, like Golf WRX and all of those other guys that get invites and have been around the studios, it's phenomenal just to see what they do have down there. It'd be and, like like Fox Footy, but the thing is, though, they're doing it for the whole year. Twenty-four, exactly, all day. It's it's, yep. uh, it's it's a really good reminder that golf is still 
and always will be a massive, massive game. And uh, it's good that people are, like you and I are talking about it, Rocket. Anything else? Anything else? Top 100 uh, came out for Golf Digest, Australian Golf Digest. And as you know, I was involved in the Australian um, Golf Australia magazine Top 100, so I was eagerly awaiting to see the two lists side by side. A few surprises in there, but one certainly no surprise to me. And having played it last week on Thursday, Royal Melbourne West Course takes the number one position on both Top 100 rankings. It's no surprise. every day of the week. It's no surprise. every day of the week. It's no surprise. And... And I've been lucky enough to be on the property down there twice in the last two weeks. Uh, unfortunately, uh, on the first time I visited, we were due to play the East Course. There was thunder and lightning. Royal Melbourne have a 10-kilometre lightning policy, so the club manager comes out. He's, they've got a special app down there. It has a 10-kilometre radius from the club, and if there's any lightning strikes recorded within that 10 kilometres, there's no play. Yep. For, for us today, the lightning was all on the ten kilo- oh, five of the kilometres that were out over the bay, but because it was within the 10-kilometre radius, we couldn't play. So when we got out there, we only played like nine holes. We played the nine nine holes that were on the um, the, the front paddock, so we played a couple of the the east and then we played some of the west, and, and that was it. So it was a bit fragmented, but it was a good, uh, it was a good day. had a couple of uh, good good playing partners, took out the sim tailor-made driver for a, a wickety-whack, and it was awesome. Uh, I smoked a drive down 18 East, just a little pitching oh, wedge out. Just a little pitching wedge out. Oh, it was beautiful. And uh, also the second east, the one the do- is that the dog leg to the right, up elevated tee down the hill and goes up the hill to the green. Uh, anyway, yes, sim was really good. But then I went back last Thursday and played eighteen on the west, and you know you just have to step foot down the first fairway there, and just to be reminded and to be you know well advised that it is number one and it's for a good reason because it's just spectacular in every every sense now not just the conditioning the conditioning as you'd expect is perfect but just the green complexes and i think that's probably what makes it stand head and shoulders above some of the other courses in the top 10 and there are you know plenty of good ones in there so look at the golf australia top 10 you know you've got kate wickham bamboogle dunes Bumbugal Lost Farm, Peninsula Kingswood North, Kingston Heath, Royal Melbourne East, Victoria, Royal Adelaide, and the National Gunamata, which was a controversial one for for many people in that. Yeah, for me in that top ten. Uh, and then no, get, met, no Metro on the top ten, please. Well, it's not in either this top ten, so we'll leave that out because it's not in there. But uh, the Golf Digest top ten: Royal Melbourne West, Cape Wickham, Kingston Heath at number three. So it moves from number three to num- uh, from number six to number three versus Golf Australia. Bumbugle Dunes, New South Wales moves into number five. I think in Golf Australia, it's like number 11. Peninsula Kingswood North, so five in Golf Australia, six in Golf Digest. Bumbugle Lost Farm, Royal Melbourne East, Victoria. And the other one that's a bit of a smoky that's in the Golf Digest, top 10 is Elliston. Now, Elliston is Kerry Packer's private course up in Scone uh, in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales. It's almost unobtainium to get on there, and I, I don't know how... Many of the raters get on there, but uh, I know when Golf Australia magazine wanted to get on there that Mr. Packer, because the course had been in drought conditions, didn't want any of the raters playing on it. So um, <laughs> it was only ranked and rated by the people that had played it within the previous, well, not the previous ranking period, but within the ranking period outside of the time that we asked as we could, if we could go as a group. Anyway, that's the top 10. Now, the significant consistencies are Royal Melbourne West, number one in both, Peninsula Kingswood North, five and six. Uh, great result for that new course. Our uh, headquarters for us, uh, Rocket Man. Yeah, 
Uh, Victoria I'm only going to get better too. Yeah, Victoria's in there, but you know you can see after playing Kingston Heath, I was at Kingston Heath last week two times. Uh, I was at Royal Melbourne and then Peninsula Kingswood, and you can you can see why Royal Melbourne West is number one. You know it. Well, do you know what? Uh, you know our our home ranked number six. I think is you know it's a testament to you know you got to hats off to to Mike and the team for what they've produced, and then obviously the club and the vision. And allowing Mike to express himself in the best possible manner, because in the last sort of 12 to 18 months, you, you know the amount of people that have been, you know, that are golf aficionados in Australia and 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 overseas that have been able to play both those courses, you know, the 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 praise that they heap on the course and what it delivers, you know, it's just, you know, if I was Mike, I'd be proud. It'd be just almost like just like one of your kids getting straight A's every year for the next 10 years because it's just a phenomenal it's just a phenomenal piece of work and for me I, I find it really hard to, to split the two courses to be to be honest but to have North in the top 10 and it will you know will solidify solidify ourselves up there it's I think it's phenomenal and I'm just I'm so happy for what Mike has done and I think the success that him and Ashley and Jeff that will have with other jobs, I think, will be thoroughly deserved because they just do great work. It's as simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, Royal Melbourne West Rocket, that's what I wanted to talk about. What a course. What a course. Um, and before you asked me, I had six over on the front nine and two under on the back nine. Oh. Mm. I brought it, brought it home, Rocket, and uh, so what a birdie. Where'd you, where'd you pick up your birds? I picked up a birdie on the... When you move across the road, the par three. Uh, <gasps> 13? Yeah. yeah. That is, that is, and I know the person, I know Mike Clayton agrees, probably the best short par three probably in the country and the most underrated. I think it's one of the best par threes on the planet. Bar none. It was a good little hole. I can't remember where else I got the birdies. Uh, maybe I birdied not, uh, nine. No, what's that What's that one called, that par three? What number is it? 13. 13. The par five yep. before that? 12. 12, obviously, the one before the road. Yeah, birdied there. So there's two. Was it 10, the the 10, the, did you birdie the short one up yeah, the hill? Yeah, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, 10? I did. Yeah. I, yep. I, hit it, I drove it in the bunker. I played a thin a thin wedge out up near the hole, sank a, a reasonably good putt. Um, so that was the yeah that was the three birdies and nice. I, had a, I bogeyed the I bogeyed the long par three. Oh, sixteen. That's yeah. a, that's a yeah. that's a tough that is a tough par three. Mate, any, any par three? I've, pl- any, I've played that one into the wind and it is brutal. Any par three where you're hitting a five wood, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's, it's a tough par three. So yeah, a three part. I actually got the five wood on. It was a ways away, but um, a three putted. But it was just you know forget the score. I was only mucking around, but. Um, it's just a great experience and you just need to stand on there and spend some time soaking it all in and, and realise that this is one of those lucky occasions, you know, once every couple of years that you do get to play a place like that and uh, it's good to see that it is number one. It is the one that everyone looks oh, to us. Imagine, imagine just being a member there and being able to play every Saturday. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, goodness. So, mate, I'd, um, kiss, I'd kiss that car park driveway every time. Yeah, very lucky boy to be able to uh, play and those that course after it's just been ranked by both magazines as number one. So what else, Rocket? I think uh, that's uh, fifty six minutes of just you and I. People think we script this. People think we spend time working out what <laughs> we're going to say. 
uh, I do have people ask me, you know, how do, how do you and Rocket come up with all the stuff to talk about? And people think that it's all worked out. Just let me say, I might be breaking the, the mystery here, but uh, it's like maybe two text messages. You should take a screenshot of, <laughs> of just when you said, what's the rundown, Chief? <laughs> and and you just maybe just say, post that and just say, here's the rundown. And it's, that's how we create nearly an hour of content. It's not highly edited. It's not highly scripted. It is what it is. If you like it, please let us know. If you like it, keep listening. Some Everyone must like it because they keep listening. I can see it in the downloads and I really do. We really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. Every few weeks when we put something out, really do appreciate it. Rocket, that's about it from us. Where can we find you on the Twitter sphere because you are a Twitter maniac? Uh, it's just at Rodney Heron. At so Rodney Heron. If you look up, yeah, if you can look up InfoSec Rocket, you'll find me anyway. That or you'll find me at InfoSec Rocket on Instagram. And if you just look up InfoSec Rocket, you'll find me. Or okay. you just look for um, Use Golf Facts, Justine's burner account. You will find me. <laughs> and uh, can, yeah. you, can you post, make sure that you post some more lawn mowing content? I, I would like to see a review of the Husqvarna, like a, a driving a driving review. I've still got to pick up the Leishmans. Mate, there's two bottles, not two slabs, two bottles down there. Waiting. I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> Mate, as always, you can get uh, me at my love of golf on Instagram. You can get me at ross.flanagan.golf. That's Flanagan, F-L-A-N-N-I-G-A-N.golf. Uh, that's where I post all the golf stuff. Um, where else you can see, check out Jamie and I on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Jamie uh, played golf with him today. He was in a bit of a fluster because he's got a – Five-week trip to the U.S. starting tomorrow. He's got a few of his clients that he's got to work with, um, including Herbie, including Gabby, including Ryan, including Matt, all the guys that he's spoken to uh, and about on on that podcast. Episode nine's um, going really, really well. Check in with that one. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. So until next time on the My Love of Golf podcast, Rocket, thank you again for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I guess we'll see you next time. Thanks again. Uh